Welcome to GovCast, connecting with federal IT's top decision makers. I'm your host, Amy Kluber. The IRS's new Office for Enterprise Digitalization and Case Management is now heading from startup to sustainment status, and it's accomplished a lot over the past year. Its co-director, Justin Abola-Brush, gives us an update on some of those successes around automation, modernized scanning, and agile implementation, as well as the infrastructure the office is helping put in place moving forward. All this in order to get streamlined views on digital data for frontline workers to resolve taxpayer issues. He also breaks down for us what's coming up around new tools and business processes that ultimately impact the agency's overall modernization of the taxpayer experience. Justin, welcome to GovCast. Awesome to have you. I'm look, really looking forward to learning more about your office and some of your priorities. All right, Amy, thanks. I am really glad to be here, and I'm looking forward to sharing with you and your listeners the things that the IRS has underway to make taxpayer experience better, largely through the use of technology and business transformation. Fantastic. The taxpayer experience better. I'm sure that resonates with a lot of people who maybe might not have the best experiences (laughs) with the IRS, but it really sounds like you guys are trying to really overhaul that. So your tenure at the IRS actually spans a a little over 10 years now, but um, what brought you to the agency to begin with? Well, coming to the IRS was not a straightforward career move for me. I love it here, by the way, so I'm very glad to be here but I didn't imagine I was going to be working for the IRS when I went to college. I joined the military right after I graduated from Yale. I was a ROTC cadet there. I loved my time in the military. I got to a point where we're still under don't ask, don't tell. And for me, the personal decision was, hey, I've got to get out, be me. And so I did that. And I had wonderful support. No, no regrets. My sister is a colonel in the Air Force. My dad was career military. My husband's dad was in the military. His grandfather was career military, so loved the military. Um, but I needed to take that step out. I had a wonderful transition into Homeland Security and got to a point in Homeland Security where I looked around and a number of people in leadership positions all had PhDs. And I thought, okay, listen, I want to take the next step. I'm getting the signal. I need my PhD. Uh, so I went to Oxford and got a PhD in criminology. I came back to Homeland Security and I was applying to different SES development programs, senior ex- executive service development programs. Uh, and I applied to the IRS really just to test out my credentials. See, can I get an interview? Can I use it to practice? And I actually got an interview. And I was like, first thing I went back to the application. I was like, what did I say in there? Because I don't know anything about taxes. Like, did I check some box? So they're going to ask me to come in and be a CPA. It turns out I didn't. It was a very accurate application. And they gave me an interview. And I just knew in that interview that the IRS was someplace special to work. I mean, it was smart people, caring people. Uh, and I was, I was really hopeful. I thought it was a long shot, but I got the offer and I've, I've never looked back. It's an organization that, you know, we started talking about taxpayer experience. And, you know, people don't always get the experience they're hoping for, but it's an organization full of people who care about that experience, who want to make that experience better. And I love that. That's a, amazing to hear. And thank you for your service, especially I, coming from, um, I'm an army brat. So I know that life all too well. Um, and it's kind of uh, interesting to know the, the path most service members take to continue their public service and their calling for serving 
the American citizen. So at IRS, you know, you brought that diverse educational background to the agency, including your law PhD, which is very fascinating to me. I'm, I'm a legal geek myself. So what made you pursue those fields to begin with? Can you talk about the, the odd, not odd, but random transition, I guess, into IRS? And how, how have you, you know, how, where did your interests really start to pursue those aspirations? I've always been really interested in the use of quantitative methods to inform decision making. And so, you know, even as an undergraduate at Yale, my focus there was using quantitative methods like game theory uh, and some simulation on military force questions. And then I got my master's degree in the military. And there I looked at how technology investment decisions work. Uh, and my PhD while it's in that criminological domain, it focused on how public safety organizations use quantitative analytics to deal with uncertainty and manage risks in the public safety domain. So it's there's like a common theme through all of these, even though the application changed from like arms control to investment decisions to public safety. Uh, throughout all of it, it's really how do we best support decision-making using technology and quantitative analytics? Wow, very interesting. So you definitely can apply a lot of those principles now to the IRS, especially in in the tech realm, um, when we're talking about some of the the new focuses that your office is doing. How have you seen, you know, talking about over the past 10 years, how have you seen technology and policy impact the agency over that past decade? Well, I was thinking about this question and just trying to sort of mentally go through the list of like, what, what's new about the IRS over the past decade? And it's pretty amazing, to be honest. So one, one of the things that I was involved in, along with my colleagues, uh, Dean Silverman, Susan Cunningham, and Eric Schweikert, was the introduction of more advanced and applied analytics into the IRS. And so over the past decade, that's been a, a huge introduction of analytics. And so one concrete area, for example, was the improvement in identity theft detection to prevent identity thieves from filing false returns. So I mean, the IRS really turned the corner through the use of advanced analytics. And of course, the amazing investment that we made in the wage investment division on the human side of that and the call centers and the walk-in locations to be able to help individuals process and resolve issues when someone has filed a, a false return using their identity. We moved to daily processing for many types of transactions to speed the types of interactions and, and issue resolution. Uh, and that's something that continues to be implemented. Uh, we've got, the, we're rolling out the customer callback line. So when people call in, one of the largest experience issues is the wait time on the phones. And so now we're providing an opportunity for people to call back, sorry, for people to have a callback time so they don't have to wait on the line. We redesigned irs.gov. I mean, if you looked at it 10 years ago and you look at it today, you know, a complete redesign to make it much more intuitive for the user and a large number of taxpayer self-service applications. And so the two that come, two or three that come to mind, like, where's my refund? So one of the big questions that taxpayers have is, where's my refund? When am I going to get it? And so rather than call in, you can go use where's my refund to get that yourself through tax, through irs.gov. Uh, a lot more of online payment options to sort of catch up to where the banking industry has been. And then most recently, the IRS was asked to administer the economic impact payments. And now a, a new version of the advanced child tax credit 
And so we have self-service applications, irs.gov, where the taxpayer can go in and check on the status of those, check on their account information, make certain that they're getting that payment in the way they expect. And so for me, when you, I'm talking about this decade of what has IRS done uh, in the technology domain, I mean, we have a fantastic IT organization that partners with our business operating division heads. And it's, it's basically, it's like a before and after, like a decade of just beginning to enter that, that digital experience to a place now where we're not fully caught up to where industry is, but that experience looks a lot more like the experience you have with an Apple or your favorite bank. And I think we can be really proud of that, more room to grow, but a decade with a huge change there. Wow, amazing. And um, the the public definitely has experience with using many of those uh, things that you talk about. So regarding your new office, why is case management important? You talked about the the speed and the daily processing that you you have accomplished, identity theft, et cetera. So when it comes to case management of your office, what does that mean? That's a, that's a great question because a lot of what the taxpayer experiences comes through calling in or going on irs.gov using secure account, which we rolled out and we're rolling out the taxpayer pro uh, case management. Like, what is that exactly? That's the behind the office backbone that ties it all together. So when you call in that customer service representative is looking at your account and they have a case management system that helps them register what your call is about, look up the information, resolve that note in the account that they've resolved that for you. Likewise, if you get an, a notice from the IRS that says, we're going to open an examination because we've detected something on your return that looks uh, potentially inaccurate, the person conducting that audit, that revenue agent, they're using a case management system. And so we have 60 of those legacy systems across the IRS built at different times. And as you can imagine, different degrees of sophistication and ease of use for our employees. And they don't talk to one another. So they weren't designed in a way that enables us to be able to say, oh, you called in on the phone. Great. Let me resolve that issue. But I see you've got this other thing happening with another part of the IRS. Let me look at that and see if I can resolve that with you on the phone today. Or, hey, I'm auditing you. Nobody likes that experience, but it is part of the tax system to make certain that it's fair. Uh, so you're engaging with me on an audit and you're like, hey, I want to check to see if uh, my payment was received. Well, today um, that might be challenging for that revenue agent. But in the future, we want to be able to have that revenue agent help you with that issue at the same time. And so enterprise case management is designed to both improve the tools that our employees have to make it easier for them to resolve that issue with you, uh, but also to be able to have a 360 degree view with the appropriate security in place so that they can help you more holistically resolve your tax issues. And on the digitalization side, the same types of challenges. Employees might not be able to access information quickly because it came in paper and we don't have that digital view for them yet. Or you may wanna interact with us digitally and the only option is paper. So that's the digitalization side of the office stood up to move us forward on that digitalization area so that you can interact with us in the channel you want, digital or paper. And however you interact with us, we can get the information to the employee quickly and efficiently so they can resolve your issue as fast as possible and with accurate outcomes. Fascinating. When we are talking about some of these efforts, um, it really makes sense why you, you 
this new office would be created to begin with. But what are some of the technologies that went into accomplishing some of these things, you know, regarding maybe automation and um, chatbots or, or everything? I mean, there's so many potential there. So what were some of those technologies? Well, for enterprise case management, we uh, went through an acquisition process to acquire Pegasystems. It's an off-the-shelf industry leader in case management. It's a low-code, no-code environment. And we're using that to be able to create this case management backbone. And then on the digitalization side, I think my, my colleague, Harrison Smith, who's my co-director for enterprise digitalization and case management, I think he's spoken with you all before. I sometimes think he has the more exciting job because he's been really pushing the forefront of technology. And so we had a number of RFPs out recently that I think have just been awarded uh, in terms of some virtual reality tools, some a more modern uh, scanning and optical character recognition. So I think you know, his, his job has the, the fun pieces that are sort of cutting edge. And I've got the tried and true back end, which is we're gonna make the workflow and business transformation possible. But together, it's a great combination. Certainly a lot of working parts at play there. So with all this said, what are some of the current projects that you have on your plate regarding that backbone? You know, where have you come now that the office is a little over a year old? What are some of the accomplishments that you have seen over that time? Great question. Well, I'm, I'm really proud of what our employees have been able to accomplish, both in my office, with our business customers, and in the IFC organization. You know, we... We acquired Pegasystems as our platform in April of 2020. We went live with our first application in December of 2020, which I think is a pretty hefty accomplishment in and of itself, learning a new platform and going live. That was in our tax-exempt and government entities area. And they're largely uh, providing services for nonprofits, educational institutions, employee plans, wide variety of state and local government issues and tribal governments. But one of their units focuses on correspondence received from uh, members of the public about exempt organizations, either to get a copy of a publicly disclosable form or to update information about a nonprofit, uh, 501c3. And so the office before that had used an entirely paper-based process. You mailed it in, they had a filing cabinet, that was their organizational structure. They had a, a work tracking tool but it was all manual. And so we were able to move that to a place where you can submit requests digitally. They have a case file created automatically. There's no more filing cabinet. We learned a lot from that experience. We moved through it very quickly. Uh, we, we got user feedback in a fast fashion after it was deployed. Uh, we were able to, in just a couple of months after that, roll out our second and third versions of this application. So it was a great chance to learn the platform, really take advantage of our agile approach to application development here and engage the customer. And so that's like where we were. And since then we've been scaling up. So working from one application at a time, we have eight applications underway at the same time now. And they sort of span a range of things from a grants administration for our, our VITA program or our TCE programs and being able to make it easier for our employees to administer grants and track grants and get responses back out to organizations more quickly. And now we're heading into a, a larger chunks of functionality around some of those really critical 
IRS lines of business, like examination, for example. And so I think that's where we're headed next is to take the advantage of understanding our platform, really being experienced with iterative and incremental development, lots of customer engagement to be able to tackle some, some large chunks of functionality, which I, I think we'll see. And so that, that starts to look like, how do we make that exam process better by bringing in this enterprise case management platform, but also by increasingly marrying it up with digitalization? With the digitalization and then also the the other modernization across IRS and and especially the hiring push that the agency is going through right now, you know, there's a lot of significant resources that are going into this upcoming budget cycle as the agency has outlined. So what role does your office play in this and how how does it help the IRS meet the needs of the taxpayer first act? So first off, the, the funding piece is critical. And so we're always appreciative of the support get from the administration and from Congress. Because without that funding, sustained modernization is not possible. And so in fiscal year 2021, we had a significant increase over 2020. And that has unlocked a lot of opportunity for us. And as we look to 2022, of course, that same equation is there. Investments deliver results. And my office plays a role together with the CIO and our commissioner and deputy commissioners in helping prioritize the work that takes place in the digitalization and case management areas. And so we help rationalize what does that look like? And in terms of the taxpayer experience, you know, Ken Corbin is our first chief taxpayer experience officer. And so he's laying out that vision collaboratively with stakeholders, both externally and internally about how, how, how should that experience improve and how do we sequence on that journey to get the biggest bang for the buck. And so my office is supporting that effort as he's saying, hey, we'd like the taxpayer experience to look better here. We're taking a look at what digitalization case management best aligned to that so that we can really move the dial, make it noticeable for someone outside the IRS that their journey, their experience is, is, is better. When we talk about the taxpayer, how are they going to see the improvements most? You talked about speed in resolving issues. For example, you talked about the different interfaces that a taxpayer can experience. So how are they, when we're talking about case management and and all of that, where are they going to see it most? So I think the taxpayer is going to personally experience like hands-on, like I really can see something in a number of areas. So more functionality in our online account. So more functionality for a taxpayer or a tax professional to be able to go into the online account and understand what the IRS sees, like what what is it the IRS view of the account and then take action on that. So payment, for example, or submitting a power of attorney to enable a tax professional to act on your behalf. And so that's going to look look and feel already, uh, just like going into a bank or going into your credit card, to be able to actually understand what your account looks like and, and have a shared view of it with, with the IRS. Today, if you undertake an examination with us or some type of collection issue that needs to be resolved, a lot of that has been back and forth in the post office. And you know, the post office is great, but that means there's an investment of, you know, on average five days for us to get a letter out to you 
And then you need to take some action on it and then five days to send that back. And during that time, you're worried about what's happening. Uh, you want to know, you want fast resolution. Have we gotten your, your, what you mailed to us? You're calling in and we can see that something came in, but perhaps we can't identify that that was a specific piece of mail that was resolving that issue. And so what you're going to see already rolling out, but expanding will be two-way secure communication and digital notices. So be able to opt in that if you want to get a notification of a notice from us digitally, you can do that. That shaves five days off the top. And you want to be able to respond to us using secure communication. You can do that, giving you confidence and certainty that it was received and also shaving off another five days. So if you can imagine that as an experience piece, it starts to help us work with you to resolve issues much faster with a higher degree of certainty on your part that we've got what you, what you sent to us. And then enterprise case management sits in the background and it enables the employee to be able to see what you've received, be able to see your response, take advantage of that shortened timeframe to resolve that more quickly. And then as we integrate more of the legacy case management processes together, they'll be also able to look at that and say, okay, we've resolved this issue, this issue but I can see there's two or three more issues outstanding. And how do I help you, the taxpayer, resolve those? Or how do I get you to the right part of the IRS to resolve those so you can feel that everything you need has been taken care of? So I think that's going to be really intuitive for the taxpayer. You're going to, you're going to see and feel that. And customer callback. So not something directly tied to enterprise case management, but when you're asking like, what is a customer going to notice? Well, customers notice waiting on the phone line. And so over the past year, we have been rolling out customer callback. So you can opt to have someone call you back. And we scaled up from five applications to 16. So about 40% of our toll-free demand can handle customer callback. And going forward, our goal is to expand that further so that people spend less time waiting on the phone. And it's, it's real. Like it's, it's, millions of hours that we can save across the people calling in. And that is, that's a huge customer service advantage. So not something that I'm responsible for, but my IT partners and the wage and investment division, you know, that's something they're delivering that I think makes a huge difference. Amazing. And it's certainly interesting to think about considering all of us are taxpayers. So we're all impacted by this, yourself included. So you kind of have a I guess a personal stake in everything oh, Absolutely, <laughs> when it all comes down to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think what people don't know is that, you know, as an IRS executive, we go through tax audits, tax compliance audits, because we have to be an example of good tax compliance. And so, yeah, I know, I know what it's like to be audited <laughs> and it's not fun. You know, it is, it's scary. It was scary for me, even though I know how the system works. And it's hard to navigate because taxes are complicated, but we want to make that experience as positive as it can be. And the way we do that is by providing tools to help individuals understand their obligations using irs.gov, by making it easy to navigate through that issue with us, by making it clear what that process will look like, and by giving both our employees and the taxpayers these digital interaction tools 
and strong case management in the background to be able to move seamlessly through that issue resolution together. And it's never going to make an audit fun, but it can make an audit something that is understandable. It can make an audit something that you feel you've gotten good, fast resolution on. And it can, I think in that way, both provide good customer service, but also continue to build people's confidence in the IRS and in taxes overall. And when that happens, it contributes to people feeling like taxes are fair and then people pay in what they, what they need to pay in and it keeps the tax system safe and, and sound. And that delivers value, right? Because you know, taxes pay for the services people get. And so that's what the IRS does is at the end of the day, we're making it possible for the nation to provide services to everybody, which is great. That's why it's so awesome. Getting people excited about taxes. I, I, I never thought I would say that, but here we are. <laughs> uh, so I guess final question. Back, you know, a little over a year ago when this office was, didn't even exist yet, um, and it was just being conceptualized. Did you think uh, over the events that happened over the past year and, and kind of the uh, the things that were thrown at the IRS uh, with, with the stimulus payments and everything, how do you th think things fared now, you know, over a year later? How, how do you think from conceptualization to now things have changed over that time and how um, that has maybe changed the outlook of the office and what it's going to be involved in in the future? Well, I think at a macro level, the whole country has had to deal with an awful lot over the past year and a year and a half. And I think the IRS in many ways has navigated through that with, with grace and with a lot of success. You know, the economic impact payments, being able to get those out and be able to deliver applications to help people self-serve and understand where their payment was, that was a major achievement. You know, at the same time, it was very challenging. You know, we have paper mail that's come in that we're still working through. Uh, we're working through that very diligently, but we had to protect our employees. And, and so as they returned to the office, we're able to get back into those places where we didn't have digital solutions. And I think that just makes it really clear how important digitalization is because we want to be able to provide services regardless of whether or not we can be in the office or out of the office, or whether the mail is, is arriving or can't arrive for some reason. And that will take us, that will put us in a really good place going forward. And so we've made huge strides there. The IT organization rolled out an enormous infrastructure to enable teleworking, for example, in a short time period to keep the IRS open for business because we have to be open for business to keep the nation open for business. And I think the biggest I think change for my office together with Harrison, my co-director, is that we're moving from that startup phase, which everybody knows and experiences, into the sustained phase. So scaling up our operations, making certain the organization, our organizations are healthy, our employees are well-situated and, and supported, and starting to mature the processes we use with our customers internally to ensure that the investments we make in digitalization, the investments we make in case management, create business outcomes that matter. And the people to whom they have to matter are the taxpayers. You know, they are you, right? They have to matter to you. If what we're doing doesn't create an outcome that matters to you, uh, then you know, we've, we've missed an opportunity. And so that I think is the next 
real stage for digitalization case management, sustainment and maturing to a place where the activities we're undertaking, we clearly know they're going to deliver an improvement that you're going to recognize and value the same way that we see it. Amazing. Well, Justin, thank you so much for breaking down all the the efforts that your office has been going through. And it's certainly an exciting time when we're talking about the digital opportunities that government is facing and really the benefits that the IT departments are going to be getting because of the realization that digital is here to stay and it's needed and the opportunities are endless. So thank you so much. I really appreciate the, the chance to talk with you, Amy. Thank you very much. GovCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to our website. And please, if you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving us a review in iTunes. We continue to strive to help you connect with federal IT's top decision makers. Thanks for listening.